0: Oh, look at all you beautiful people this morning, give it up for yourselves, give it up for yourselves. Now let's give it up big for God, because he's the reason why we're here, amen? Yeah, so glad that y'all are here today. Oh my goodness, we're going to have so much fun. What's with the candles, Pastor Josh? Don't worry, you're safe. We will not burn the place down, but we thought we would set the mood a little bit, because today we're putting a focus on remembering what Jesus has done for us. And I don't know about you, but I got a lot to remember. Amen, got a lot to remember. Um, There was an airplane flying through the air, started having some problems. Engine started misfiring, then there was a fire. Everything seized up. The plane was going down. The pilot said, oh no, we're in trouble. So the pilot got up, put on a parachute, looked at the crew and said, I need your attention. And a doctor, a lawyer, a pastor stood up and looked back at the pilot and then a little boy from the back stood up, took his backpack and threw it on the ground and walked up to the rest of them. The pilot said, guys, I got bad news. The plane's going down. The best shot shot you've got is to put on a parachute like me and jump out to safety because this thing is going down. And with that, he went to the back opened the door, and jumped out and left them. Well, conversation started (laughs) as they looked around and they noticed the four people left in the plane, but there were only three parachutes left in the plane. So some tough decisions had to be made. The doctor stood up and said, look, guys, what I do is important. Doctors save lives. I can't go down with this plane because if I go down with this plane, then hundreds of people are gonna die because I'm not there to save their lives. I've gotta take a parachute. I've gotta save my life so that I can save others. And with that, he put on a parachute, ah, jumped out of the plane to safety. And now the lawyer, the pastor, and the little boy are left. The lawyer stands up and says, look guys, lawyers are important. We are the smartest people on the planet we solve complex problems. We negotiate impossible deals. Lawyers make the world go round. I gotta live. I gotta live because if I don't live, then it's gonna impact what's happening in the world. So the lawyer throws on a pack, jumps out the, the door. Wah! And the little boy looks over at the pastor and the pastor looks over at the little boy and the pastor says, don't worry, son. I lived a long life. I've lived a fulfilled life I'm at peace I'm content my heart's ready I'm ready to go to be with my Creator so you can take the last parachute and jump to safety you've got your whole life ahead of you and mine is in this twilight so you go and I'll go down with a plane and the little boy looked at the pastor and said preacher don't you worry Because the world's smartest man just jumped out of the plane with my backpack on. We're going to be okay. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes it pays to slow down a little bit and pay attention to what you're doing before you do it. You know what I mean? And and that's what we want to do today. We want to slow down a little bit and remember what Jesus has done for us. Next Sunday is Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. We've got a huge celebration planned here at the church because when you're celebrating Jesus, you ought to go big, amen? So we're going big. E-Kids is going big. They've got a glow-in-the-dark egg hunt, and it's cool. Everything that they do next week is all going to lead down the path of salvation and end on Jesus next week. It's gonna be beautiful. Um, A lot of fun stuff. I'm looking forward to the donuts next week. Rachel said, we do not walk alone. We do not. I promise you, you want to get here early because we're going to have a whole wall of donuts and coffee. And it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a great time to celebrate, though. But today we're remembering what we're celebrating. You know, we have holidays throughout the year in our country, um, the 4th of July, to remember how we won our independence as a nation. We have uh, Veterans Day to honor and remember the men and women who have fought and served for our our country. Um, We have Memorial Day to remember those who have fallen and given their lives for the freedom that we enjoy. We have days during the year to stop and remember these things because if we don't, it's real easy to get caught up in the busyness of life and take for granted what we enjoy in this country. The same is true spiritually. We should take time from time to time to stop and remember the price that was paid for you and for me, so that we can celebrate a Resurrection Sunday. Because just like Jesus crossed over from death to life, listen, we've all, if Jesus is our Lord and Savior, we've had a similar experience. We've crossed from spiritual death over to life with the renewing work that he's done inside of us. So if you will, um, go with me in your Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 22. We're going to start reading at verse 19. Today, we're going to take communion. And we're going to remember. We're going to remember the why behind what we do as believers. Verse 19. He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it, he being Jesus. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Because guys, I want you to remember what I'm about to do. Because it comes at a high price. I want you to remember my sacrifice for you. And not just what I am going to go through but what it represents and what it means for you in your life, the freedom, the power, the passion, the joy, the purpose, everything that comes on the other side of what I'm fixing to do. I want you to remember this. And I don't want you to take it for granted because if you don't remember the why behind what you do in church, then when we gather together on Sundays, it becomes a routine and a ritual instead of a celebration for what Jesus has done in our lives. You understand? It becomes religious movement instead of something real and passionate and alive and thriving. And Jesus said, I want you to remember what I'm doing so that you remember the why, so that you remember the heart of this, so that you don't take for granted what I'm doing. As the years go by, stop and remember. And I want to talk to you for just a little bit uh, before we take communion, just a few things that stand out to me in remembering what Jesus did for us as he sacrificed himself. It was one, (laughs) literally, he came as a sacrifice for our sin. He came as a sacrifice for our sin. Aren't you glad that Jesus came to pay the price for your sin? Yeah, maybe y'all didn't have the past that I had. I am glad that Jesus came to pay the price for the sin in my life. I'm glad that his grace covers me today. I'm glad that when he breathed his last breath on the cross, my sin was paid for. The sacrifice, the sacrifice that he that he gave was immense. I mean, it was immense. Think about the the suffering that he went through without being too graphic. You realize Jesus wasn't just slapped around and then nailed to a cross. The Bible says that he was beaten beyond recognition as a man. When you looked on his physical body, you could not tell what he was. That's how destroyed his body was. When the guards hit him with their fists, when they beat him with rods, when they ripped out the beard from his face, when they took the crown of thorns and they put it on his head and the spikes on those thorns, most people say, were between two and four inches long down into his head when they beat him with a cat of nine tails. Y'all know what a cat of nine tails is, right? When it says Jesus was flogged in the courtyard when they whipped him. It wasn't with a leather strap like your daddy used to whip you when you were growing up. That's not what it was. It was a long three, prong, uh, three uh, leather um, strips with glass shards of metal and bone on the tips of it so that when they hit him, or, when they hit a person, it would grab a hold of the meat of the body and rip it out every time they were hit. The internal organs were probably exposed. I'm not going to go much more graphic than that. Most people would die just from the flogging itself. And then Jesus has the long walk to Calvary carrying the cross, laid out before they drove the spikes in. Most of the time, they had to pop shoulders out of sockets to get arms to stretch out far enough to drive in the spikes. And there he hung, not covered with a loincloth, but there he hung naked all day until he breathed his last breath. For you, and for me. We're celebrating the resurrection next week but there is no resurrection without a crucifixion. And the price that Jesus paid for you and for me was tremendous. He came as a sacrifice for our sin. Now I've got this little chain thing right here. Now Everybody was wondering what this was when I brought it up here. I want to read this for you just in case you don't know what this is. It says, Eastgate Church, Texas Hold'em Champion. I just happen to be holding this. I wonder what that means. That means, (laughs) that means, I'm the Texas Hold'em Champion of church. I don't know what that stands, like how much weight that actually carries. But as long as I can hold this up and Lawrence has to look at me holding this up, that's a good thing. But imagine, imagine if this thing was real gold. And these were real diamonds. Now this thing's heavy. If you want to feel the weight later after service, come on up and I'll let you hold my trophy. Not you, Lawrence, because you, you had not earned it. But uh, I'm, p- I'm picking on Lawrence this morning because he won like the first two or three times we did this. And so everybody was gunning for Lawrence. And uh, now I got it. With humility and honor, I hold this thing. No. So if this was real gold and real diamonds, how much do you think it would be worth? A lot of money, right? You know, no matter what it gets appraised at. This thing is only worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. Okay? Whether it's a cheap, heavy, pretty painted piece of metal like it is right now, or if it's a real deal, gold and diamonds, it's only worth what somebody's willing to pay for it. Jesus paid a high price for you and for me. Okay? Listen, don't you ever think that you have no value. Don't you ever think that you have no worth. Don't you ever think that you're not enough because Jesus proved you were enough when he gave up the splendor of heaven, came down to this earth, and went through the brutality that he went through because he said you were enough. Praise God for that. Praise God for that. So he came as a sacrifice for our sins, and I think something that's probably just as powerful as that is that he came to learn what it was like to be us. He came to learn what it was like to be you and what it was like to be me. I remember when Kelly, my wife and I, we were, were, you know, thinking about having kids. And we thought, hey, it would be fun to have a kid. All these other people have children. We think we can do a better job with it. You ever think that, ignorantly, (laughs) as a young pre-parent? So so we thought, all right, we're going to have a baby. But we found out that there is a difference between reading a book about having a baby, hopping online and reading about having a baby, talking to your friends about having a baby, which we should have seen the warning signs because we asked one person, hey, what's it like having kids? And they just looked at us and said, it's relentless. That was, <laughs> that was relentless. It's pretty accurate. Um, it, but there's a difference between going through all that and actually having a child. You get a rude awakening pretty quickly. That's beautiful. It's a great process. I've learned more about life through the eyes of my children than I learned in all of my life up until I had, you know, we had the children. And, uh, but you learn some things that you take for granted, um, like, uh, like diapers, you got to change those every day, every single day. And when it says 15 to 20 pounds on the box, it's not lying. That's all those things will hold. You got to change them all the time, you know. And we learned to take care of the kids. You know, our friends would ask us, "Hey, is you know, Hannah? Is Hannah sleeping through the night yet?" And we would be like, "As far as we know, I don't know. I'm just I'm joking a little bit. there's there is a." a cold reality on the other side of actually having a child versus thinking about having a child. Jesus wasn't content with just seeing the state that we were in. He wanted to experience it firsthand. Think about the power and magnitude of that. When when Adam and Eve fell into sin in the Garden of Eden, they fell into something That God really had no point of reference for. Think about it. What's it like to be tempted? A holy God cannot be tempted. can't be. They fell into sin. I understand the concept of sin. But what is... The reality of the weight and oppression of sin that you have to walk through. God have no point of reference for that. Think about it. And it's not that he didn't understand how to solve the problem that we were in. Because the Bible says that the Lamb of God was slain from the foundations of the earth. So before we got ourselves into the situation, God already had the solution to the problem. But he wanted to study the problem in a personal way. So an eternal God put himself in a mortal flesh and was born into this world to learn what it was like to be you and to be me, to be tempted like we were, to walk under the oppression and weight of a fallen world. Though he didn't ever sin himself, he knew what it was like to live in a world that had fallen to sin. Think about this that little infant Jesus laid in that manger on that first night with Mary and Joseph beside him. God in the flesh, The beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, he was there. And for the first time in all of eternity up until that point, The God that never slumbers or sleeps closed his eyes in a manger and fell asleep to know what it was like to be you and to be me. That's powerful because he didn't want to just be a redeemer. He didn't want to just come to pay the price for our sins. It just speaks to the level of love that he has for you and for me To, to say it's not enough to do that. I want to know what it's like to be you why so that when you come to me later I've got a point of reference so that I just can't be sympathetic to what you're going through the Bible said that he can be empathetic to what we go through because he's walked it just like we walk it because I want to experience it all so that I can relate with you on a whole nother level because I'm not going to be some abstract God that you worship. I am going to be closer than a friend and a brother. Wow. You think about that. It's amazing. So, So he walked the earth and experienced everything that we experienced because he came to learn what it was like to be us. And this is something else that stands out to me as we're remembering what he did for us, is that he lived in obedience and submission to his father. He lived in obedience and submission to his Father while he was on this earth. We celebrate the last three years or so of Jesus' life when we read it in Scripture. We celebrate the miracles. We celebrate the the messages that he gave. We celebrate how he rebuked the Pharisees. We, We celebrate how he reached the unreachable and crossed the cultural lines and went for the people that he was not supposed to go for because he wanted to show that God's love was for all people. We celebrate all of that, but we forget that he wasn't on this earth for just three years or three and a half years. There was another 30 years of life. Before he began his ministry on the earth, 30 years of life where he was living in obedience and submission to his Father, learning what it was like to be you and learning what it was like to be me. From the age of 12 until the age of 30, Jesus drops off the map. We know, like, basically nothing about his life. Off the map, in obscurity, can you imagine being the Son of God, having existed in heaven for eternity up until that moment, where it was 24-7 praises to your name, angels bowing before you, in the glory of your Father, in, just in, in, in the glory and praise of the, the substance of who you were as the eternal God in the Son. Whew. And then you spend 18 years in the middle of nowhere probably building chairs as a carpenter's son. You're just Jesus from Nazareth. Nazareth? Is there anything good that can come from Nazareth? People would say he lived in obscurity. Why? Because God wanted him to go through the process that you and I go through. Whew. It wasn't enough that he died. He had to die a kinsman redeemer. Jesus said, I go where the Father tells me to go. I do what the Father tells me to do. I say what the Father tells me to say. Every second of his life was lived in submission to the will of his Father as an example for you and for me. He lived a perfect life so that he could be a perfect sacrifice. And that's what we're celebrating and remembering today. The price that he paid, that he came to to learn what it was like to be you and me, and that he lived a life of 33 years in complete, perfect submission to his Father in heaven while he was still wrapped up in this stuff called flesh. Man, why? Why would he do all of that? Because he loves us. Because he loves us. Because he wants to hang out with us. Isn't that amazing? He, he came to restore the relationship that was destroyed in the Garden of Eden When Adam and Eve fell into sin. He used to walk in the garden in the cool of the day, the Bible says, with with Adam. And they would just hang out. Can you imagine what it would be like just to walk around and hang out with God? And that's what Jesus came to restore. To break the power of sin. To rise up from the dead with the keys of death, hell, and the grave. To have total and complete victory over it all. And to turn around and hand it to us. Say, I did this for you so that we could be together again. Now, that's awesome to me. That is awesome to me. That's what we are celebrating next week, and that's what we're remembering today. Before we take communion in just a few moments, I want to read a block of Scripture to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and it's good that we read this because in, in a lot of churches it does not get read, not that we're better than anybody else. I just I just feel like I'm not being responsible if I don't read this to you before we take communion. First Corinthians eleven twenty-six through twenty-nine it says, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord that doesn't sound good what did you do today well I found myself guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord not a good life goal you know what I'm saying that's not something good Well, what does that mean Pastor Josh well let's read a little bit further it says, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ eat and drink judgment on themselves. It actually goes on to say that he um, gives examples of people who have become sick and who have died. Paul said, because they took communion in an unworthy manner. Now, this is New Testament. Under grace, in forgiveness, covered under the blood of Jesus. And Paul gives a warning and says, hey, make sure your heart is right before you do this. Now, why would it be so important? Because what we're doing is honoring and remembering the sacrifice of Jesus. Saying, thank you for the price that you paid for me. How dishonoring and how disrespectful is it to say thank you for what you did for me while I willfully choose to spit in your face and still live in the sin that you set me free from. See what I'm saying? There's hypocrisy to it. And Jesus is saying here in scripture through Paul, hey. When you take the time to honor me, make sure your heart is right. Make sure if there's sin there, you get it right. Make sure there's no habitual sin in your life. You understand when I say habitual sin? When Jesus set us free from sin, he set us free from sin. Okay, you're a sinner before Jesus. After Jesus, you're a new creation, freed from sin. Before Jesus, you were a slave to sin, and you did that because that was your nature. You did that because you had no power to break yourself free from it. After Jesus, you have freedom, power, and authority over sin in your life. So that when you choose, listen, when you sin, it's because you choose to do it, not because you can't help yourself. So Jesus is saying, hey, if you're going to honor me, make sure that your heart is right. So let's take a moment before we take communion and let's make sure that our heart is right. Amen? Bow your heads and close your eyes and let's just take a moment. Father, Lord, we just want to pause for a moment and get our hearts right before you. So Lord, if there's there's willful, repetitive sin in our lives that we're choosing to do, it's out of habit. The fact is that we're choosing to do it. So Lord, we, we repent from that right now. Father, we're sorry. And We thank you. That your word says that we can boldly come before the throne of grace and ask for forgiveness. And that you're quick to forgive, Lord. So, Father, we ask for your grace and your mercy as we take this time to remember you, Lord. We want to make sure that our hearts are pure before you. Lord, if there's anybody in our lives we need to forgive, would we choose to forgive them right now? And if that means we need to have a conversation with them later on today or tomorrow or this week just to make sure that everything's right between our brother and our sister, then that's what we're going to do. Father, we choose to forgive them because we're not going to honor you and say thank you for our forgiveness while we harbor unforgiveness against somebody else. Lord, we want our hearts to be right. If there's anything in your heart that you need to get right before the Lord, do it now. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your forgiveness. And thank you for your love. Thank you for your sacrifice that we're going to honor and remember now. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, if you will, please serve the communion elements. As they're making their way around, um, you'll notice that we're using new communion elements this time. It's very different from what we've usually done. And this is a good thing because that little cracker on the bottom, see the juice on the top, little cracker or wafer on the bottom there, that's going to taste a lot better than that styrofoam, what is it stuff that we've had before. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Okay, can I have it or no? Okay, cool. So juice on the top, cracker on the bottom. It's real easy to get to. Little tabs there that you can easily pull. We're going to do the little unleavened bread or the cracker on the bottom first. Juice second, in case you've never taken communion before. I don't want you to make a mess. So don't open these things yet. We have everyone served this morning. If you have not been served, raise your hand. We'll make sure that we get you taken care of here. We've got one here. You guys that are watching online, thank you for being with us today. I know you don't have these elements in your home right now, but I tell you what, um, you probably have some bread or some crackers, some juice or water Um, you can get those things together and you can participate with us. I think it's more the heart of the matter than the actual qualifications of the elements. We're doing this in remembrance of him. So you can take a second and run and get that if you want to. Or you can play this back later and, and, and do it at your own leisure. Everyone been served? All right. So let's do this. Let's go ahead and get... The little wafer off the bottom. Aren't these little chalice cups kind of cool? Yeah. They're so much easier to navigate than the other. Once you get it open, so the little piece up in the air. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what this represents. It's more than just a little cracker or piece of unleavened bread Lord it symbolizes your body that was given for us more than just a sacrifice on the cross it represents 33 years of submission to your father in heaven learning what it was like to be us so that you could give yourself as a complete offering for us Lord we thank you For the price that you paid for us. Amen. Take. It's a lot better than that wafer. Go ahead and open the seal on the top part where the juice is. We do this in remembrance of the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. Not one drop would do it. He had to shed all of his blood to the last drop for the payment of our sin. Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your precious blood that was shed for us that paid the price for our sins that purchased the freedom that we now live in that gives us the ability to be where we are today and to say thank you It gives us the opportunity to celebrate what we're going to celebrate next week thank you for the price that you paid for us in your name let's take the cup Let's all stand to our feet if we can. That's the band to lead us in some worship because I think it's appropriate to just give God praise for what he's done for us. So Father, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for sending your son. Thank you for the price that you paid. You are truly great in every way. So Father, we just want to worship you for the next few moments and say thank you for how great you are, and for what you've done in our lives. In your name. Amen. Amen. Let's lift up our hands and let's worship God for these next few moments.
1: Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing.
0: They are alone. Father we worship you and give you praise Lord we thank you for the sacrifice Lord we thank you for the freedom God we thank you for the hope that we have in your son thank you that you loved us enough to refuse to live without us thank you that you loved us enough to reach us where we were but you loved us too much to leave us there thank you for the freedom thank you for the hope thank you for the promise that we have in your word thank you so much for the future that we have ahead of us in you thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus we give you glory and we give you praise in this place glory and praise in this place in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name Amen and amen let's give God some big praise for what he's done for us it. One last reason one last reason while we stop and we remember a couple of minutes just give me a couple of minutes one last reason that this is this is a pause button to remember what he did And it's a reminder for us to remember that we're to go and tell others. That we're to go and tell others. Jesus didn't just die for you and me. He died for everybody on this earth. Amen. Amen. And if we're going to be truly grateful for what he's done for us, that, that has to compel us to go and tell other people. Amen. Man, that was a good point right there. There should have been an amen right there. It should compel us to go tell others. Amen? There we go. There's the church. It should compel us. Now listen, we have a beautiful opportunity ahead of us next week. This is Easter week. Did you know that 80% of the people that you invite to come to church with you next Sunday will come to church with you next Sunday? 80%. Why? Just because it is Easter Sunday. And good people are supposed to go to church on Easter Sunday. It's a a built-in opportunity for us to reach as many people as we possibly can. So I don't just want us to remember what we're doing like what Jesus did for us today. I want us to be compelled because of that to see him do the same thing in someone else's life. Amen? We are called to reach this world, not just gather together in a building, but we're called to reach this world. So I want to challenge you, I want to personally challenge you, invite as many people as you can to come to service next week. It is going to be powerful. It is, God has given me a monster of a word. It is going to be powerful powerful. The service is going to be amazing. The kids are going to have an amazing time, but we are all going to land on the same spot, and that is, is Jesus Lord and Savior of your life. We're going to celebrate his resurrection from the dead by seeing other people cross over from death to life spiritually. Amen? What it's all going to be about. Don't take for granted that someone else is going to do it. And then you just show up and go, wow, look at all these people that are here this Sunday. Wow, this is amazing. Look what, no, own it. Own it. Well, Pastor Josh, what are you doing? I'm inviting anybody that walks too slow around me. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) I promise you. I'm inviting everybody. I have 15 people that I have focused on personally myself. 15 people with their families that I want to see come into the church and I want to see God impact their lives. I'm already praying for them. I've been inviting them. And what's cool is last night I had a commitment from one of them to be here, so it's not fifteen anymore. Now I'm down to fourteen. Okay? Now before it's all said and done, I want to be down to zero. I want there to be a Pastor Josh section over here. Now how about you? Everybody in church world focuses on big crowds for Easter and I think that's awesome and we're going to have a great crowd next week. People are going to be back from spring break and we're going to see people that we haven't seen in a long time because of COVID and and all of this stuff. It's going to be a great family reunion in a way for us at Eastgate. Um, I don't get caught up in big crowds though. I want the right crowd want the right crowd. I don't want to see this place packed and let's put out extra chairs and, and see three people come to give their hearts to Jesus and say, wow, what an awesome crowd. Three people's eternities were impacted. Hey, that's awesome. What I want to see is this place packed full of people and half the people here come down to the altar to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. That means we've done our job as a church. That's what I want. And that's what I'm believing for. So let me challenge you. Hey, follow my example. Invite, bring, bring people with you next week. Why? Not so we can have a big crowd. Who cares about it? I want Jesus to impact people's lives. And that's what it's all about. And I promise you, you get them here, they're going to hear the gospel. And God is going to grab their hearts. He'll grab their hearts. Next Sunday could be the day for that person in your family, for that person at work, for that per- that friend of yours that you've been trying for years to get into church. Next Sunday could be the day. Amen? Yeah. So let's go after it like crazy. Can we do that? All right, let me pray over you. What a great service today, eh? What a great time to remember what the Lord has done. Next week, we're going to celebrate big time because he didn't stay in that grave. He got up. He got up. And if he's out of that grave, then there's hope for all of us. Father, thank you for the truth of your word. Lord, thank you for your presence that's been here since the beginning of of opening prayers this morning. Father, Lord, I praise you for being with us today. God, let us walk out of here remembering this week what you've done for us. But Lord, let that compel us. Let it compel us to reach those around us so that they can enjoy the same Jesus that has changed our lives in eternity. That is what it's all about. So we give you glory and we give you praise for an awesome week ahead of us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Let's give God praise one more time before we get out of here. Everyone watching online, again, thank you so much for joining us, participating with us. Like and share if you haven't already so we can reach as many people as possible. We love you. We'll see you next Sunday.